welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 Podcast, the podcast where we try to help you decide what should you be watching. Each episode, we are going to take a look into the pilot episode of three TV shows. Um, so today, we're going to be covering This Way Up, The Outsider, and Everything's Gonna Be Okay. But before we get into that, let's see what Amy has been watching lately. Hello. So I wanted to uh, mostly follow up on my promise to continue to watch the new Paul Rudd show, Living With Yourself, which I did do. I watched about four or five other episodes and it got so much better. It's still not amazing. It's not like must-see TV, but Paul Rudd is really great in it and the storytelling is really interesting. So each episode, they actually kind of they tell the same story, but through the perspective of the two clones or the guy and his clone and um it's, i don't know it's just really interesting and i think that if you were kind of on the fence after the first episode you should probably give it a couple more because um it's pretty easy there's there's a short episodes and whatnot um that's pretty much all i've been watching which is pretty sad although um i highly <laughs> recommend the new taylor swift documentary because it turned this non-fan into at least a fan of her if not not exactly her music <laughs> Do you think, was a documentary though, was it very um, like angled? Like, was it obvious, like made by her people to make her look good? Or did you feel it was pretty honest? Um, I mean, it's told through her perspective. So it's coming straight from her mouth. <laughs> so yeah, that way okay. it's angled, but um, know the media's perspective on everything that's happened to her in the last four or five years. And you don't necessarily know what she was experiencing through it and through some of the other, like, you know, the famous Kanye West thing and whatnot. Um, so that was interesting. Okay. Anyways, that's all. That's, that's the update from Amy's television. Amy's corner of television. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's television corner. Ooh, new theme song. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right. So let's get to talking about This Way Up. So this Way Up aired and, well, I guess streamed, I don't know, in August of 2019 um, on Hulu. And before that, it was on Channel 4 in the UK. Um, there's six episodes, uh, all under 23 minutes, so a very quick watch. Um, it, written, it was written and stars Ashling Bay, I think I pronounced that right, um, as Anya, who has recently had a nervous breakdown. And she's now working as an English as a second language teacher in London, which I was I thought most of the show that they were in Ireland because I don't really know what London background looks like. But <laughs> and also the main London. characters are Irish. <laughs> yeah, and the main characters are all Irish, so I was surprised to read that it was in London. Um, but the pilot follows her navigating trying to get her life back in order um, after this nervous breakdown, and a lot of it seems to be done under the watchful eye of her detective sister, Shauna, who is played by Sharon Hogan, who is an Irish comic. And, um, and I also think she's the Irish Connie Britton. She looks so much like Connie Britton. <laughs> yeah. The first time I, it took me a moment, I was like, is that Connie Britton doing an Irish accent? <laughs> but it's not. Oh, Sharon Hogan's so great. <laughs> Um, so I actually, I found out about this show because Ashling was on an episode of Pete Holmes's podcast lately, and I thought she was so hilarious and 
um, I was like, well, this must be a great TV show if she's writing it because she seems just like a genuinely funny person. So what did you guys think of it? First of all, I just have to ask, did you recognize her? No, I didn't when I was watching it because I only, so she is in Living With Yourself, but in the what? first episode of Living With Yourself, she's the wife, right? Yeah, she's the wife. But oh, we, we only see her for like a minute in that I guess first that's episode. True. I guess that's true. I had seen a lot more of the show by the time I watched this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I did not put that together. Yeah. No. Uh, I loved it. I also, I loved Sharon Horgan from like Catastrophe and Game Night. Uh, yeah, she's been in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like just Irish people in general. I could hear them. Yeah. Great. Book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and just that like style of, style of humor too. That's like in this show. And I loved seeing an authentic grown up sister relationship mm -hmm. of like, they can joke around with each other and it like gets the joking around, like gets really dark at times. But then like, if you're, and there's even that, like that sense of like hiding yourself from your adult sister of, I love, um, there's a scene where she's just like joking around with her sister and her sister leaves the room and she immediately within 30 seconds is bawling. And, and, I, and it's just like, that epitomizes so much of like, I want to convince my sister I'm doing fine. And then when she leaves, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing fine. Mm -hmm. um, Protecting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And I, I loved their, their relationship. And I, I want to watch this again and again. And I want to watch more right away. I thought they did a really good job because it's covering a darker topic, but with humor, but it's not like making fun of it or it's more like enhancing issue yeah yeah i i can't tell what i think like i really enjoyed watching it i thought it was really funny i feel like it's the kind of show that's made for me it's like a i don't know a depressed i wrote down it reminded me of fleabag exactly yeah it's very similar <laughs> to fleabag i mean fleabag is to me so much better than this which is why i just fear that fleabag has ruined series for me um because it also follows you know the story of a kind of broken <laughs> woman using like sex and drugs and I mean not that she was necessarily using drugs but um and all of that to sort of cover uh, deeper issues that are going on um and there's you know the the center of the story is around the relationship with her sister um which is the same for Fleabag but um but I really liked it it's really funny um I think it's clever I'm, I'm I think we really do need to see a lot more because there's a lot, obviously a lot about the character that we don't know. We don't really understand why she's going through this experience. We don't really, we don't really know anything about her other than the fact that she had a nervous breakdown and that she's a, you know, a teacher um, and a sister. So I, I hope that they kind of go a little bit more into depth about that and not just present her as this, you know, kind of broken individual trying to put her, the pieces back together. Um, Cause I do think that that's important but it's it's so funny. I, it reminded me. I don't know if you guys ever saw the show um, "You're the Worst," um, mm -hmm. which no, I didn't. it's really really great. And it's kind of it's it's very similar in that it's covering a you know someone with mental health issues. And that show I think captured depression in a way that I've never seen before, and that felt very real to me. I couldn't even continue to watch it because it was like too heartbreaking for me. Um, 
but they did a really good job of showing how that affects people um, around that person and, and how people hide it and how people show it in different ways, blah, blah, blah. So um, I kind of hope that it, it, you know, gets as as deep as that show did. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's one of those, again, that I need to see a couple more episodes on to fully judge. But uh, highly recommend people at least checking out the first episode. Yeah, and overall, I felt it was a really good pilot. Like, we had a good introduction to a number of characters. They established the story in a, like, mm-hmm. a very, like, succinct and efficient way. And it did. It made me want to keep watching more, which I think is what a pilot should do, right? You shouldn't yep. want to be like, all yep. right, I'm done. <laughs> right, and the character, the lead is really charming. Like, there's several scenes where you're just, like, she's so ridiculous, you just can't help but laugh at her. Yeah, and it's not in a in a frustrating way either like sometimes main characters suffering with that are just so intolerable that it's like just fix yourself but like she wasn't (laughs) that's not i didn't find myself being frustrated with her at all no no Um, it's just who who the characters are that makes you like makes you fall in love with them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's still a lot to root for within them and i really liked the sister too i thought she was Mm -hmm. like equally as as funny and you're even though she's sort of the side character, you're still very invested in her. Yeah. And I think they've set up a lot with her too, of that mm-hmm. she abandons all other aspects of her life to care for her sister and kind of seeing seeing how those chips will fall will be interesting mm-hmm. too. Um, also her, so the sister's boyfriend is also a famous comedian too. Um, yes. I don't remember what his name is, but yes. <laughs> But he was of note too. <laughs> but this show also, I feel like the male characters are very much in the background and it's all about like, it's, it's these women comedians who are carrying the show. And I think that's something to be celebrated as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, the new way, the new way forward. <laughs> yep. Did you guys catch, so in the first scene when she's being checked out of the rehab facility, I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. I assume that it was. Um, but the sister mentioned something about like, stumbles upon i'm picking up my brother i mean sister oh no i didn't notice that. no she said okay i did notice that she said i'm here to pick or she's my only my only sister or brother oh that's what she said yeah there was something about her being a brother i was like yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, must have been, been some joke that went over our <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some british humor that we don't get yeah exactly <laughs> all right well amy what do we know about The Outsider? Ooh, well, massively changing <laughs> tone. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, take a the, uh, yeah. Dark path. So The Outsider um, premiered on HBO in January, on January 12th. It's a miniseries based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. Um, and it stars Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel, Ready Player One, Rogue One, a bunch of... He's never really been anything... Um, like the main character. This is kind of his big first starring role. And then um, Jason Bateman and Bill Camp. Um, and so the the show is really made for fans of, you know, horror or suspense, which you can probably guess, given that it's based off a Stephen King novel. Um, and it was developed by Richard Christ, who is um, a very famous novelist and writer. And he did, um, he wrote for The Wire, The Night Of, and The Deuce. So a lot of big hits. Um, so the show opens with the discovery of a young boy's body, which has been brutally mutilated and um, he's murdered. 
And the detectives seem to think that they have an open and shut case. They have a bunch of witnesses and evidence that kind of point to this local baseball coach um, played by Jason Bateman. Um, but throughout the episode, we sort of learned that it's not as open and shut as they seem to think um, because he has a pretty strong alibi. So that's sort of the mystery that's um, presented. And I'm sure there are many uh, theories as to, you know, what the actual <laughs> issue is. <laughs> um, given that it's Stephen King, it could be a whole number of things, aliens, clowns, who knows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Oh, boy. I I thought this was really stressful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we've learned that you do not like suspense. I, you know, I, there are times that I do, mm -hmm. but I just find, I, maybe I just have to be caught in the right mood for it. But mm -hmm. this one, it was a long, I don't know that I could watch a whole series of suspense of this level. Yeah. I, mean, I will because say it's only five episodes, which is pretty short. But each one, but each one's like an, over an hour, right? Yeah. 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 And it's not like a moment of suspense that you feel. It's the entire episode. It's yeah. just like, Ugh. well, and this show's grabbing on everybody's worst fear of like potentially being wrongly accused of something, right? Yeah. Well, I guess not everybody's worst fear. But, <laughs> you know. Um, I also think. Do you um, think this is another instance of somebody being cast because they're already very likable and believed? Absolutely. With Jason Bateman. Yeah. He hasn't really played this like evil kind of guy. You don't think so, Amy? I don't know. Uh, have you guys watched Ozark? Because he's in that. No, role. so maybe that's okay. yeah. Yeah, and he's not. I mean, he's not a villain. He's the main character, but he's not likable in the least. Okay. <laughs> and I, okay. so I just like don't find him very likable in general. <laughs> also, Juno, he's the dick in that. So, not the. Oh. Or I think about it. Yeah, maybe he. Maybe he's know. not the nice guy. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was really, it kind of gave me True Detective season one vibes, which I thought was incredible. And um, there's clearly like a similar parallel with, I mean, time being a huge plot point mm -hmm. where he seems to awesome. be in two places at once somehow. Um, and there's like a backstory behind the detective who's investigating the situation. He lost his um, son and is sort of mourning the loss of his son. And that seems to somehow tie into to this case. So I feel like, I don't know, I, I enjoyed it. Definitely we'll be watching more. I wish that they had used more time jumps mm -hmm. that I found a little interesting. And like, and using those time jumps also kind of let off the steam of constant anxiety. I and feel like the timeline jumped around a lot though. No, or are you meaning something else? No, I, uh, I guess it was, just once I got, maybe I just got into the groove of jumping okay. back and forth because it was only like a few days here and there that we were jumping back and forth yeah. between. But time shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found it really hard to follow at first because I was like, "Wait, oh, we're before when we just were. Oh, now exactly. we're like after where we just were. Before where we just were. After." And <laughs> it was, I was like, "Wait, okay, all right, I'm getting it now." Right. It definitely took me a while to get used to it. I was probably at least halfway through before I was like okay yeah. yeah i feel like this show, definitely you have to follow closely yeah a few of the dialogue it, which it's weird that it was a stephen king based off of a stephen king book then like just take the dialogue from the book but a few of the dialogue pieces were cringeworthy 
Hmm. I guess it depends. I didn't, I haven't read the book, but I guess it depends how it's written. Because if it follows character by character, maybe you're in the character's head a lot hearing those mm-hmm. things and it's hard to verbalize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's maybe I just noticed it earlier in the episode too. Like specifically, there's a first scene where they kind of, for no reason at all, really, they uh, talk not talk down to, but talk down about a female female investigator who's pregnant. Oh. Um, that like, I think at one point the the sheriff or whatever he is mentions the coroner offers some extra investigators says oh yeah i could use that because my only investigator here is well you know Mm. (laughs) really um i also i guess it's meant to be that way too but it's also frustrating when you see uh, like the law and justice system being so unfair right Mm -hmm. where basically just are watching the the police aren't even considering that he's innocent. They're just like, he's guilty. We just have to prove that he's guilty. Not like we have to prove that he's innocent or just like find evidence. We're just like, we need to prove that he's guilty, which I guess it's part of what the detective, um, him losing his son, the background of that is he's just needs to nail this to somebody, right? Which he admits his wife asked him, like, take away everything. What's your, does your gut think that he did it? And he can't give her an answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a solid maybe on whether or not I watch more of this. Part of me wants to find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I which, also which, don't which know that I would choose to watch show. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I'll watch, especially knowing, so that's five episodes, including this one. Right. So there's four yeah. more. Four more. Four more. Yeah. And they're not okay. all an hour. I think they're like between 50 minutes and an hour. Okay. Yeah, just to find to find out definitely what um, what the thing is, whether it's paranormal, which was kind of hinted at, um, or if Jason Bateman really is a devil that has planted evidence, um, <laughs> and, can time travel or has a clone. So many options. Well, I have a theory that like his alibi actually happened like a day earlier, and that. All of that evidence that he planted and touching a book and all of that really did happen, but didn't happen on the day that he's saying happened. Interesting. My my theory is that there's some sort of monster who can shapeshift. Yeah. That was another was one. Especially with, I forget whose daughter it was, saw like a, bo- a boogie monster, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, that's going to come back into play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his daughter. Ugh. The accused's daughter, yeah. Oh, okay. No. Ugh. Creepy. <laughs> creepy. All right, let's go to a happier place. Oh, yeah. So everything is gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of life and <laughs> this uh, this TV show. Maybe so the moral of the outsider. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see based on uh, on the ending whether there's some sort of monster. Uh, so everything is gonna, everything's gonna be okay. Uh, premiered on Freeform, uh, and Freeform, which is if those of you who don't know, is what ABC Family turned into. Uh, oh originally, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, it pr- originally premiered on January sixteenth of twenty twenty, 
And it's about Nicholas, who's a neurotic 20-something, visiting his dad, who he, his parents were divorced when he was a preteen, and he went to live with his mom. So he doesn't know his dad super well, but he goes to stay with his dad for a little while and his two half-sisters, who are teenagers. And his dad reveals to him that dad is dying and he would like um, Nicholas to take care of his two teenage half-sisters, uh, which he does. And one of these half-sisters is autistic, so has some, uh, has some difficulties going on there. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think of uh, Everything is Gonna Be Okay? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> I, went in, I went into it thinking it was going to be like a half-hour sitcom, being disappointed. I'm like, this is 45 minutes long? And then as I started watching it, it was every time I thought something was going to go one way, they like took a turn and did something different that was surprising and just overall just so delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So delightful, despite the fact that it's covering a lot of like darker <laughs> topics. Yeah. <laughs> I love I loved its outlook on um, on death, how they they didn't make it drag the whole episode down. It is something very sad and the characters do get sad about it, but it's done in such like a lighthearted way that it's like, yeah, he's dying, but like, eh, he's you know, just on with life. our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On with the story. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of cuts off any potential railways or like offshoots from like what, what you think would be a stereotypical like dad is dying mm-hmm. show of like, we're not doing bucket list things. We're not doing any sort of like dad is dying tropes. We're just yeah. going to cut to the chase. We're not having people just like act out irrationally. And... <laughs> yeah, the show is really sweet. My favorite was Nicholas. I thought every single thing he said was hilarious and the way he delivered it was perfect. <laughs> like I could not stop laughing at him. Um, mm-hmm. The other, like the younger girls, I wasn't super invested in their stories. Like they're a little bit some like cliche younger like preteen um or teenage stories that I'm like okay you like have mean friends okay um but but at the same time they're like kind of sweet I don't know I don't know if I'm super invested in them but I thought that um the girl that played Matilda who um I read that the actress is on the spectrum as well I thought she was really Mm -hmm. really great and her eulogy was hysterical <laughs> yeah yes. and I loved um one of the little scenes that was especially like you think something's gonna go one like stereotypical way and then it takes a turn and she goes up to talk mm-hmm. to who she thinks is like the cutest boy in school and she goes up to him and it's obvious he's like a few years older than her is like a big jock and she's like she just wants to talk to him and like says that he's really cool and in any other thing he would be a jerk to her Mm -hmm. but instead he's like the sweetest and nicest boy and just like comes up and talks to her i was just like oh this is so wonderful (laughs) (laughs) i also couldn't tell if that was the boy from booksmart or not there's like a jock guy that is in booksmart that i'm pretty sure is the same same kid but um i guess he just doesn't age he's perpetually looks like a high schooler Um, uh, did you happen to read the actress who plays Matilda? Her IMDb like paragraph about herself is all about how her dream is to be in a Marvel. Yes, yes, oh, I did. Oh, I was part of the Marvel universe. Like, does IMDb not write these? It's like 
It looks like he no, literally think, went in and typed it up. <laughs> yeah, I think you can manage your own IMDb. Gotcha. Page, okay. Right? You can. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Huh. Um, yeah. Normally, for like more famous actors, it's their representation that does it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure for her, who like hasn't possibly hasn't done a whole lot, she mm-hmm. might be doing it herself. In the same way that like when we watched Nora from Queens, we thought, "Oh, this is for somebody else. This is why I don't enjoy it." I thought this is for a different audience. Like for, this is a perfect show for teenagers yeah. looking for a quirky comedy, but I still liked it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agree completely. I couldn't think of anything that it reminded me of either. It was very, it felt very unique. No, like you, I, I mean, you could compare it to like your other like dramedy, hour long dramedy shows, but it's just so it's not, it's so different. It's really different. Oh, Nicholas, he's just so funny. I can't get over it. He's so funny. It's so great. And it's just, I don't it's just a delightful show. It's you know, so different than so many things out there. You know who he reminded me of, Jen? For any of you Chris Big Lilly. Brother fans out there? No, he reminds oh, me of Andy no. Heron. <laughs> oh. Similar senses of that. humor, don't you think? And it's not just because they both happen to be gay. It's like something no, no. deeper. The way it's he, like he's a, delivery. A snarky. The yeah. snarky little quips and... I could totally, he's in the, the opening scene, he's on a date, and that's exactly how I imagine Andy Heron going on a date. <laughs> so much of, I think, why he's great, too, is it's not even the words that he is saying. It's, like, everything around his body language mm-hmm. and his, how he carries himself. Um, and he, there's a moment where he literally just walks out of a room. Like, you just said so much about this character, mm-hmm. and all you did was walk out of her room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> he just embodies it, and it, it's a, just a very honest character, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, he's not like, trying to play. It's not somebody that you're seeing try to play, like, a flamboyant gay man. And I wouldn't even describe him as being flamboyant. But mm-hmm. you, I could see other actors playing this role and just, like, not making it real. Like, it, he's very real. Like, yes. he's... It felt effortless. I really believe that. Yes, this that's the word. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. I loved one of the perfect examples of like lightness within the dark comedy. I love that when they're telling the girls and both dad and Nicholas know what they're about to tell, the girls sense that the guys are stressed about something. It's like, are you about to tell us that Nicholas is gay? Because we already know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love those light moments. Yeah. 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 It was really great. Um, I, it was also paced really well. There was never a moment when I felt like it was moving too slow or anything like that. Yeah. It really didn't drag at all. So I was also reading that this show has a hundred percent rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I saw, it has that and a whole, it was like 90 something percent critics reviews and I was scrolling down. I was like, really? That's so, it feels like it's, it's so rare. And every review after every review is just like, this show is so great. So wonderful. So refreshing. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. Uh, every episode too. I don't, maybe this will come into play in later episodes, but every episode is named after a different type of book. Oh, interesting. Oh. Hmm. Well, I guess the poster for it had them all up on like the etymology board, butterfly yeah. and stuff. So Maybe it's a hobby the three of them take up. Yeah, it's a metaphor for life or something like that. But the show's also, it's it's very bright and scenery and all those sorts of things. 
things too. So it's just a good like feel, it's a good feel good show. If that's what you're looking yes. for to watch. Very feel good. That'll make you cry. I I like almost got teary at one point, but then they like quickly every point where it was like, oh, this is gonna get sad, they like quickly followed it up with comedy and I was like, All right, I'm okay again. Yeah. <laughs> it was just when the dad told the daughters. And they reacted so differently, too. And it was, for me, it was so interesting to see, too, because I think the stereotype for autistic people sometimes is that they, because they don't show emotions, people tend to stereotypically think they don't have those emotions. And this was a really good way to show that that character still had a lot of these emotions and how she processes those emotions or how she talks with other people about those emotions. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a very good representation of somebody with autism and how they can be very normal functioning on a level but they're always they always have something extra that they're struggling well if you guys would like to talk about any of these shows uh, please look us up on instagram at s1e1 podcast or you can email us i can never remember our email address s1e1 podcast at gmail.com Drop us a line. <laughs> let, us, let us know. Let us know if you've watched any of the shows that we've been watching and what you think about them. And we hope you keep listening. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye. -bye.